0: You are locked on Lakers, your daily Los Angeles Lakers podcast, part of the locked on podcast network, your team every day. Hey, everybody! welcome to locked on Lakers for Friday. Brian Kamenetsky and Andy Kamenetsky coming to you uh, in just ahead of the start of the first round of the real playoffs. Yeah, this playoff. Play in nonsense. Lakers get out of that get on Wednesday. That's right. Uh, you know, and you know, one of those the Memphis Grizzlies. Andy can do the play in turn. Yeah. it's adorable for them, no. not the loss. No, Memphis it's for
1: the fans. knots,
0: not for the halves. That's right. People like us who have covered the Lakers for over fifteen years for the LA Times, the Athletic, ESPN. It's beneath us. Yeah, yeah quite frankly. Um, all right, but we're excited, really excited to uh, to for what should be a great series and uh, to help us preview that we're talking to brendan clean he's the host of locked on phoenix suns here on the network he's a writer as well as on uh, bright side of the sun great great phoenix suns blog where uh, if you're a laker fan looking for uh good information on the suns go there start there mm-hmm. yeah uh, you'll get a lot of great stuff uh brendan how are you it's nice to meet you
2: Nice to meet you guys. I, I I wasn't sure I'd be talking to you with that insane play-in game, but yeah, I, I'm happy to be amidst the Lakers' excellence already. We're getting there. We're getting right to it, but thank you for having me. welcome. We
0: hope this, some of it rubs off on you.
1: Yeah, this feels like the result <laughs> that ultimately the league would have made happen. Uh, as it turns out, LeBron made it happen, but one way or
2: another, this was uh, what was necessary. Yeah, you want to talk about... Uh, the beneath, I mean, the Suns did get the two seed. That's the best way to make sure you don't have to play in the playoff game. Sp- I, I mean, it, it is just that's the reality.
1: What's funny about this? Uh, I, before we get into how Phoenix reached this point, you know, having been a uh, a team that attempted uh, in the bubble last year to get into the playoffs, uh, obviously a very massive rise, the matchups, all that stuff. It, this matchup feels like what everybody thought it would be, except the Lakers at the two and Phoenix at seven. Like if you had said that, uh, especially once the, the Suns got Chris Paul, if you had said that the Lakers and Suns were going to end up meeting in the first round, I would have said, yeah, cool. That totally yeah, that makes about right. sense. about right. Sure. I just would have never expected this to be the road that we traveled to get here, Brendan.
2: No, I said all year, uh, even previewing the year, the little time we had to do that. It was like, if they can get to six, and as you said, avoid that play-in tournament, job well done. And uh, obviously things went way, way better than that. All right.
0: Uh, tons of stuff that we want to cover in the episode today. Uh, really excited to have Brendan here to, to break down a, a fascinating and fun Suns team. Uh, I do want to let you know that today's episode is brought to you by Locker Room. You download the app today and join us on Fridays, noon Pacific. That's today. So it pays to uh, listen to the show early so you get all this information. Uh, You get in on the action there. Locker room changing the way we talk sports. Um, How did this – to to Andy's point, Brendan, how did this happen? Because we were expecting the Suns to be a team that would probably get in the top eight. I don't think anybody is surprised by that. But they challenged for a a one seed and really made a legit run at that. Why? Uh, How did the thing come together so quickly?
2: well the 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 short and quick answer is that it has a lot to do with Chris Paul, right? Um, his his arrival, the the ways that he affects the game differently and more high level than Ricky Rubio, who was the point guard last year, who got them, you know, in that five hundred or so range. That's a huge part of it. He can score, he can defend. He's a leader. He has been in those moments. He can turn it on in the fourth quarter. all the Chris Paul stuff we know, right? Um, I think there's also something to be said for guys like Jay Crowder joining this squad, Dario Saric. It really feels like since James Jones took over as general manager, they've just tried their hardest to not acquire any bad or below average players, guys who aren't NBA talent. And so they're just deep. You you talk about a season like this where they get to two, it's like they didn't get hurt. They have depth. They kind of survived the season. I think that's the way mm-hmm. you get to a high seed in this pandemic condensed, whatever the Lakers obviously on the wrong side of that. So it's all those kind of things. They're just veteran. They are, they're smarter. And, and the young guys got a lot better, for sure.
0: So <laughs> how much of the – I think you you mentioned it there. You know, the Jazz, I think, are in the same kind of boat. Not a lot of injuries. Not a lot of losses to the COVID protocols and things like that. So when you look at Phoenix relative to the rest of the league, and we'll get to the, how they are relative to the, the Lakers here in a minute, how good are they? How much of, of their record is a function of that kind of luck, I guess, you know, to some degree and how much of it is no, seriously, it's a really good team.
2: It's a, it's a good question. I mean, I think the stats would tell you that they are legit. I mean, their point differential net rating, all these things we try to look at to see is a team punching above their weight. Uh, they don't say that about the Suns. Um, you know, their fourth quarter, their clutch play has been really good. Chris Paul, a big, a big part of that. Uh, they can shoot, they can play both ends. Uh, I do have some questions about the defense. They've been pretty poor on defense for the last month and a half or longer. Um, so that's a big question, especially a young team in, in the postseason. You start to wonder about that stuff. Um, but no, I mean I don't think there's any holes. They've beaten great teams all year. Uh, they've they've done it their way. The, the, the identity is cohesive. It's it's there. It's so I feel pretty optimistic that this that the series should be pretty competitive.
1: We were talking, uh, Brendan, about how the Suns got here and, you know, the road of the last couple of years. And it includes Monty Williams, who is your reigning coach of the year now, to soon be official. What about him stands out to you as a coach in terms of the way he gets th- this team going, changes he's made, whatever, particularly stuff that may apply in the playoffs?
2: Yeah. Did you guys see the video after the bubble, the speech he made when they went 8-0? and Do you remember this?
1: Yeah. I mean, it feels like 25 years it ago does. now, but yes,
2: <laughs> I, I, I remember this happening. So it's it's folklore among Suns fans, I think it's fair to say. And it encapsulates a lot of what he is. I mean, just a seriousness, a dedication. Th- that's all the stuff that I think explains how they got from terrible to pretty darn good. Uh, as it pertains to the playoffs, I mean, this is a guy who's been around for a long time. You know, he's he was an assistant on the Philly team's uh, before taking this job, before nearly taking the Lakers job, um, Oklahoma City during some of the KD and rust. So he's been in these moments. There was a knock on him coming out of New Orleans, which really was a long time ago, many, many years ago now, of not having the adjustments. And there's been some late game situations where they've really flubbed opportunities, turnovers and key moments. So those are parts where coaches start to to show out and um, uh, rotation wise, I think he's actually shown a lot more flexibility this year. Mm. Guy like Cam Payne, backup point guard who was off the scrap heap. It takes a lot for a coach to trust a player like that. And he has, and he's been rewarded because Payne turned in an awesome season. So I think he has more flexibility than he did earlier on in his career. Uh, it's just, it, it, it's, it's going to be an uphill battle. I think trying to take down a team that is so talented like the Lakers.
0: And it's funny too, because whether you're talking about Monty Williams or Ty Lu. Uh, who is another coach the Lakers, I think would expect to see over the course of the, this postseason. <clears throat> it's really the parade of guys that they got to before Frank Vogel. Um, so, you know, and, and Monty has his own thing. Like none of these guys You could even come, include
1: by the way, Jason uh, kid on their own staff, on their own staff it's kind of with yeah. him first.
0: It's it, where, where do you come down on sort of the impact of coaches generally like versus talent? Cause like, any one of these guys could have been really good, I think, with the Lakers. Obviously, Vogel has had a ton of success, but a lot of people gave Williams some flack, at least locally, for saying no to the Lakers and then going to take what was seen to be like a, a much lesser job with lower stakes and less pressure.
2: Oh, I think it, it it was a complete surprise, even even here. I mean, obviously, it was a positive surprise here because they got their number one option, um, But I think that the reason you're seeing him win the the coaches Coach of the Year from the other coaches and get the acclaim he's gotten is because it, it's almost impossible to understate how chaotic things were here before. So just the ability to ingrain a culture, get these young guys, where they understand. Need to be. yeah, no, you're not. I think, the, I think
0: <laughs> you're not the kings. Let's not overstate yeah, things. I mean, like,
2: yeah, well. I mean, do- you know goat poop and all the rest that's, that's a, how the best i'm
1: aware the son's uh ownership wasn't made up by a bunch of siblings trying to create a coup right who'd take I mean, over fair, the team. it's good so
2: perspective I, relax brendan i do appreciate <laughs> you know. it but uh no he, he built that all up in a very short amount of time and now he's he's back to the playoffs and, and able to really prove himself so that that the quickness with which he did it is is really remarkable to me
0: all right. Um, next, we want to get into uh, the matchup specifically with the Lakers. As Andy said, it's not unexpected that they're facing each other. It is unexpected the series is opening up in Phoenix on Sunday. Um, we'll start, I think, with that first – sorry, with the most recent matchup where the Lakers uh, won decisively and Anthony Davis scored 293 points. Uh, and we'll do all of that Next. Uh, but first, we want to tell you uh, and remind you not to let the stress of daily life weigh down your body, whether you're an, an elite athlete like me or Brendan or an ordinary Joe like Andy. You're just trying to make it through the day attention-free, uh, and Theragun can help you do that. It's a handheld percussive therapy device that releases your deepest muscle tension using scientifically calibrated combinations of depth, speed, and power. And it's as quiet as an electric toothbrush. I have one of these things. It's so cool. Uh, The Gen 4. It's awesome. It really does work. Um, The Gen 4 Theragun doesn't just feel good. Uh, It gets to the source of the pain by releasing tension using Theragun's signature percussive uh, therapy, which goes 60% deeper than vibration alone. So whether you want to treat your muscle tension from working out, an injury, or just the stresses of daily life, there's no substitute for the Theragun Gen 4 And try Theragun for 30 days, starting at only $199. That is a bargain. Go to theragun.com slash locked on right now. Get your Gen 4 Theragun today. That's theragun.com slash locked on. Theragun, theragun.com slash locked on. All right. Um, That last matchup with the Lakers and the Suns was one of those deals. LeBron didn't play. The Lakers won pretty handily. Anthony Davis went bonkers. for people who really believe in recency bias, it points to this series and says that the uh, the Suns really don't have much of a chance. Brendan, how, how much stock do you put in that game? How much stock should we put in that game?
2: The two things that I would say stand out a couple of weeks later after that one um, are the way that the Lakers were able to pressure Devin Booker into a very uncharacteristic game. Uh, 21 points, 5 of 14 shooting. Really, unless he was getting to the line, he wasn't going to score. Uh, and then Anthony Davis, who you obviously mentioned. And and it just became pretty clear in that game, the, the Suns are going to have their hands full trying to match up with him. And everybody in the league does, but they just don't have a player outside of DeAndre Ayton who really can do that for 40 minutes a night. It, it's really Ayton or nobody, and and that makes it really tough.
1: Do you expect uh, Phoenix to try to, I guess, make the Lakers go smaller the way they play or deal with the Lakers' size? Because I I don't personally see an advantage to trying to get the Lakers to match up more directly to Phoenix because some would say that's where the Lakers are actually at their best in the first place. And because Phoenix tends to play so slow, methodical, a.k.a. their Chris Paul team, Like they're not a team that you worry about running, say Drummond or Marc Gasol off the court, something like that. Like from from a pace perspective,
2: it it doesn't seem like it would be a problem for the Lakers to use their size. It's it's been the number one thing I've been thinking about. I mean, I think it's probably the same for most Lakers fans. I I don't think that that the Suns will be able to play those guys off the floor, but I do wonder if. The Lakers might be more comfortable playing small on them to get to what makes them really. Because mm. I also think there's a case to be made. Like, what use does an Andre Drummond have for the Lakers in this game? Whether the Suns can handle him per se or not, like the Suns can handle, you know, Andre Drummond without really worrying. I, I think. Same with Montrez Hill. They can defend the pick and roll really well and they rebound really well. They protect the rim fairly well. Like, I don't know if they're worried about Andre Drummond. It, it kind of makes me feel like the Lakers might adjust first.
0: Yeah, the the whole thing, I mean, and Lord knows, you know, that's been the talking point, you know, even before Wednesday was how much time Anthony Davis spends at the five. And then which center do you use? Um, and I know you got into this. I mean, the Lakers are going to play with a center. They played with centers last year and generally just finish games with Davis at the five. They're going to play with centers this year. You talked about this in in your last show, um, in terms of the the centers that you think match up uh, and could be most effective with uh, against the Suns between Gasol, Drummond, and Harrell. How do you how would you kind of break that down and uh, you know sort of expect that playing time to be hashed out? Who matches up the best against Phoenix?
2: It feels like Gasol being able to space them out is where you're going to run into issues because we talked about DeAndre Ayton's really the only guy. Who can uh, defend AD? So you know, if you if you do that, which we saw in the second half of that last game, they finally put Aiton on Davis. Um, you know, do you put Crowder on Gasol, and then you're pulling you're you're pulling somebody away from the action? And the Suns are at their best defensively when everybody's swarming. They give a lot of extra help, all that stuff. If you're not able to do that because Gasol's out there, I think things start to get tougher. And the other thing looming over all this is Dario Saric has not played well for about three months at this point. He, he really has had a pretty poor season. So that's their other big man, and he hasn't played well. So I don't know how much they're going to trust him, and, and you're going to have to play small most of the time, I think, if you're Phoenix.
1: How up for the task do you think, and correct me if I'm wrong in, in this presumption, uh, that Bridges is for uh, up for guarding LeBron? Like, cause I, it seems like, you know, sort of casual watching, he's had a really big growth year, but like, this is something different. There's growth and then there's guard LeBron in a seven game series. Yeah,
2: exactly. Yeah, no, I mean, what, what we've seen Pascal Siakam or a lot of these smaller guys, Andrew Wiggins, I feel like though did decently. So I wonder, yeah. I wonder if there's also a third component of guard this somewhat hobbled version of LeBron mm-hmm. who can't blow past you and overpower you. And what is you, you maybe you don't need to be Andre Godalla in that case, you can be a little smaller and still handle it. That that's like a, if everything breaks right sort of proposition, but bridges has the length and the smarts and the athleticism to hang with LeBron, but the guy's giving up 50, 60 pounds, right? right. So I'm not sure. I mean, he's going to have to do it. He's going to be on him pretty much full time, I would think.
0: Uh, that that well, was going to be my question. Like, do you think they'll just give him LeBron or do you think they'll sort of do the kitchen sink thing and, you know, maybe it's Jay Crowder when they can or, uh, I mean, is Torrey Craig big enough? I mean, like whoever it might be, just throw as many bodies as you can.
2: Well, what's funny about the two guys you mentioned, right, is we saw both of them not be able to do it just last year in the bubble. Torrey Craig with Denver. Mm-hmm. Jay Crowder was really not able you didn't even have the matchup most of the time so i those are the other two guys i think crowder's better in help i think he's better when he can kind of you know dig down get in the way try to force steals get in passing lanes you don't really want him to be isoing on another guy craig would probably be the other one um in those five maybe you know five ten minutes if if, if bridges needs a break but it doesn't look like lebron's playing heavy minutes right now either so it might not need to be an adjustment
1: well, I mean the I think at some point the Lakers are just going to be looking for him to to bump those minutes back up to what they would normally be in the playoffs and hope for the best obviously. If they could not just win this series but close out early, that would be very beneficial for LeBron in terms of just trying to preserve him for the entire playoffs. Everybody knows Chris Paul, they know Devin Booker. I'll even throw Deandre Ayton into this for this for these purposes uh, of this question. Beyond those three, who are some X-factor Phoenicians that Laker fans maybe should be aware of that could be more important for this series than they may know?
2: I have a couple for you, and they're both named Cam. Uh, Cam, Cam campaign, who I who I talked about earlier, just been a breakout season for him. But lately, we've seen the Suns go to three ball handler lineups where they have Chris Paul, Devin Booker, and campaign all on the floor. I think that's a good way to handle some of the pressure we saw. The Lakers, a lot of teams, have given Booker when he when he's operating the offense. You have that outlet to give another ball handler. We saw it with with the Thunder last year, right? Chris Paul benefits when there's more more, more than one guy out there, um, so that should help. And he's a good defender. He can stick with a you know Caruso KCP. He should have no issue with those types of players. Um, and then Cam Johnson. I don't think he'll get the matchup of a LeBron or an Anthony Davis, but I think he he's a better team defender than you would think just because he's so young. Um, and he can shoot. And he's been out with COVID, and then he had a right wrist injury. So he hasn't played for several games. He he missed the the end of the regular season. But he, if he can step in, it would be pretty big for them. Yeah,
0: where is he? Because Cam Johnson got off to a great start at the beginning of the year, looked like he was ascending very quickly. And like you say, the, the injury – kind of derailed him. Is there some sense of how whole he is at this point, given the significance that he might have in the series?
2: He had his um, cast taken off midweek last week. Mm -hmm. And I think if they needed to win those games over the weekend more than they did, he may have played. Um, He's not really in question for game one. So it seems like physically he's not being pressed into action. He's genuinely recovered from this injury. But we just haven't seen him in so long. And you could tell the wrist was bothering him even before he he went out. And so it's an open question, I think, what level he's going to be at, how many minutes he can play, what role he can do. But he's a really good scorer. He's more than just a shooter. So if he can be at 100%, I think he gives him another option on offense.
0: All right. Um, the experience factor is something that people are spending a lot of time talking about with uh, with this series, uh, and it's something that we want
1: to get into, and for sure. And we will we'll do we will do that next. Locked on Lakers, brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online, the fastest, easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season's in full swing. You can track all the action at Bet Online this week. As always, tons of sports action, including NBA playoff and play in odds over at bet online the nets are seven and a half point favorites over the celtics in the opening round which feels both disrespectful and not big enough uh the warriors giving up four points to the grizzlies in the western conference eight seed game and the suns opening up this series three point favorites against the defending champion lakers
2: are you feeling Ooh. more 2010 brendan or 2007 with the match i think I think Bet Online just needs to stay out of this and let it play out. <laughs> I don't want I don't want any g- bad voodoo at all. Uh, get all the latest news, odds, info
1: for your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, UFC, MMA. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop, mobile device. Check out all the great sporting news, sign up bonuses, contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their run to the playoffs. Head to the website. Use your mobile device today. Receive your fifty percent welcome bonus on your first deposit using the promo code Locked On. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts.
0: I, I find it tremendously satisfying when the reads provide us content. Um, is that the right line? Like, you know, th- if you ask casuals uh, around, "Hey, the Lakers have LeBron and AD, and they're going to play the Phoenix Suns on Sunday in the playoffs. Who should be favored?" Most people are like the Lakers are favorite in that game, right? But Suns, three point favorites.
2: Um, is that right? Do you think? I was surprised both to hear that, which I had not checked, and the series line is pretty close. No, I'm hoping I think I Lakers got it right. are, <laughs> let me let me look again. No, I, I think you're right because the, the Lakers are only like minus 128 or something for the series which is not as big as I would have guessed. Uh, I think the the game line is probably just the home team thing right there. They're at home. It's game one. Yeah. They get the little bit of advantage. But, uh, no, I've seen Suns fans in my mentions talking about a sweep. So everything's off the table. I, I think it's going to be uh, Suns gonna check them a Lakers sweep a- or a Suns sweep? Oh, a Suns sweep. Yeah, nice. this is how we process a one good season, I think. <laughs> Well, you got the cam, you know, that, that that's ultimately what it's going to be.
1: The X factors. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> you don't
0: sound terribly confident. Um, all right, but let, let's, let's get into that the, the experience question because uh, the Lakers obviously aren't the, the, an identical team to what they were last year, but have a tremendous amount of playoff experience, uh, uh, championship experience. The Suns do not. Uh, they have Chris Paul. Jay Crowder, and that's about it. Am I missing someone? Um, I mean, if
1: you want to give Sharich, like if you want to round up with him, maybe, you know, I mean, there's a couple guys who've been there before. I mean, li- as- they've literally been there, but that's not. And even, you know, Chris Paul's got baggage
0: in his it's not fair necessarily, but it's still there. Um, how much do you think it matters that Devin Booker, uh, you know, Bridges, guys like that aren't playoff seasoned?
2: With those two specifically, I'm less worried. Mm -hmm. I think if you watch Devin Booker, it's always felt like his game was playoff made, Um, whether it's like a Kyrie Irving type, just these scorers who can create shots from anywhere, that kind of transports, right? But uh, Mikael Bridges, we've seen him do it in college, very different thing in the NBA, but the guy shows up in those types of situations as well. The game kind of feels like it can translate. It's DeAndre Ayton to me. I mean, that's the real one. can he be consistent? Can he play the 38 or so, whatever it is, minutes he's going to need to play, defend Anthony Davis every moment he's on the floor? Like That's a heck of a responsibility for a guy who's been very, very inconsistent and is one of the younger players on the team. Because the other thing is a lot of their young guys are not young. Cam Johnson, McHale they're not really young. They're in their mid-20s already. So it's Aiton to me.
1: Yeah, what I think is going to be most interesting about this with somebody like Devin Booker, who I don't expect to be overwhelmed by the bright lights or anything like that. He's been in the league a while. He's a supremely confident player. It's more just the idea of going into a series where you have this much time spent scouting your tendencies, scouting ways to stop you, like that much of focus and just adjusting to, to those adjustments, which I think for a lot of players can be a bit of an undertaking. It's 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 not easy to do that, especially when you're getting adjusted against and the players doing all that are super experienced. And very smart. Yeah. I mean, the Lakers aren't just, they don't have
0: just smart, you know, experienced guys. They have smart guys and a very good quibble, if you want, about how Frank Vogel runs an offense. He is obviously an excellent defensive coach. LeBron, obviously a really smart defender. Anthony Davis, the same way.
2: No, that, that's exactly what I think we're going to see play out is what happens when Devin Booker faces, cause we've seen it in moments, including the last time these teams played, but for 48 minutes a night, the only objective of the opposing defense is to basically stop you from doing all the stuff that you love to do. And we've just, I mean, that's the thing you've never seen him have to do that, um, he doesn't play a style that necessarily – it's kind of like does it work or doesn't a lot of nights, um, to be honest. He he, turn, he He's had some high turnover nights. He'll, he's had some inefficient nights. So we haven't seen that from him where he's kind of figured it out. Oh, second half, he's doing this new thing, and it's it's good to go. So I think it's probably question number one for me personally.
1: It's, it's fun. I was thinking about um, with this matchup between LeBron James, Chris Paul, obviously extremely close friends – this is the first time either one of them has gone up against each other in the playoffs and Chris Paul was actually the last of the banana boat crew that LeBron has either played with or played against in the playoffs. so it's finally full circle which I, I imagine is going to be a lot of fun for those guys and a storyline that you know people can end up latching onto from from your local perspective what what are some of the storylines? Beyond just the series itself, that you think fans are going to be looking for with a team like this that hopefully is growing and, and is in this new place that they haven't seen him in before.
2: The Chris Paul one is, is the obvious one. I think the the thing that I've been really interested by, and I think fans are are just kind of ready for is this is a checkpoint type of moment, right? Like I wrote about this. At, at, at Bright Side of the Sun, looking like we have these teams every few years that, that kind of are ahead of schedule. Like think about those Warriors before they went 73-9 and nine, or the Nuggets a couple of years ago when they finally break through. And sometimes it goes really well and, and they just blitz through teams and, and it's like, okay, they're here. And, and then sometimes it takes a little while. So seeing like who steps up and really starting to get a sense of what is this team going to be, Right. Um, who who actually does step up? Who who can handle this? And what does this team really look like when things are serious, not just, you know, mm. playing the Hawks in March? Well, you're no longer
1: just a good little story. Like, you know, there's yeah. actual stakes involved now.
2: Yeah,
0: exactly. And what what are the stakes, though? Because, you know, I mean, the Lakers lose this series and it's not going to be, you know what, it was, a, you know, the, the Suns are the third best, Point differential or you know net rating in in the NBA this year, and they were second seed for a reason. And Chris Paul, and you you can list all the things on the resume that would make it legitimate for the Suns to beat the Lakers. I think it's gonna be a, a good and difficult series. If the Lakers lose, nobody will care about the Suns. Nobody will care that guys got hurt. It will be a disaster. Um, yeah. Out in the first round of the playoffs is all that matters. It's all that people will talk about. The context doesn't matter. What is successful. For the Suns, do they need to win this series, push it to seven? Is it six? How, how do you define that?
2: What success is is probably making it competitive. I mean, I personally feel like it's it's kind of gravy at this point. Would it have been nice to play a worse team and, and feel good about your first round? Of course, you want to go as far as you can, but the chips fell where they did, and, and this is what it is. If they can push it to six or seven, give fans the memories of what this first time here is going to be. I think you've, you'd feel pretty great about the season still. If you want stakes, I would I would point people to DeAndre Ayton. Uh, he's up for an extension after this season. We've heard from weird corners of the media here and there about a potential shopping of him or where does he fit. There's th- those questions have not gone away since he got picked over Luka Doncic, and a poor showing from him would really make those questions louder. If he plays really well, okay, then we have our center, but if he struggles like he might uh, it's it's, that's where I think the negative reaction might come from. Uh,
0: My last thing for you, Brandon is uh, Brandon is the, is really about like sort of the matchups offensively and defensively. Both of these teams have been very good on defense this year. Uh, You know, Phoenix has figured it out um, and you know, the Lakers obviously have the best defense in the league for most of the season. I, Whose offense do you think is better equipped to attack whatever weaknesses are there in the opposition? Uh, you know, are, how how well do you think the Lakers are set up to exploit whatever weaknesses that that Phoenix has?
2: Yeah, for the Suns, it's going to be what we talked about—the pressure a bunch of times that they were able to give with Caruso and KCP and and Wes Matthews on Booker. I think you'll see a little bit more of an aggressive version of Chris Paul, which should help them. They're a great cutting team when they want to be. So I think that's what we'll see them focus on this week. Probably a lot of that heading into game one is off ball movement. Mm -hmm. Similar to what we saw from the Warriors, right? If you can get the Lakers rotating, you can maybe exploit them a little bit. Uh, But on the other side, that's where I think the Lakers might have to downsize or or want to downsize because that's where you start to take away what makes the Suns really good. If they can just plant DeAndre Ayton at the rim, make his, his reads really easy, and run around and swarm like they want to. Uh, you're playing into their hand. If you can put Davis at the five, get LeBron and AD to, into a pick and roll, make DeAndre Ayton's life pretty difficult. I think that, that we could see some some really. I mean, we saw 61, 62 points right. in that second half against the Warriors, so it could be that again.
0: Is the is the Do you think that the the Warriors game was a decent template for what this series could look like? There are some similarities there.
2: Mm. Curry changes. I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm Curry. Uh, we've debated this by the way.
1: So you know, the brother, only like, reason I, 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 I are,
0: I'm not saying it's, I'm not saying there's, you know, it's, it's, they're carbon copies of each other. I'm just saying that, you know, really the the biggest being Phoenix doesn't have a lot of size. Golden mm-hmm. state doesn't have a lot of size. Phoenix has one guy in Ayton um that you would consider a big that you'd feel confident and is really central to the team. So I'm just wondering if, if there's any lessons to draw out of that game. But you're right. I mean, Curry does change it. Although Devin Booker is a scorer who can go on Jags like few guys in the league.
2: I agree. The, I, the, the things that I took away from that game are can is what Wiggins did to LeBron repeatable or was it LeBron struggling more than we can expect mm-hmm. him to in this series? Because if, if, if Bridges can do what Wiggins did and actually make it tough and, and make LeBron look relatively human, I think the series looks a little different. And then can the, will the Lakers defense struggle as much with the off ball and player movement that golden and ball movement that, that golden state had success with. Cause the Suns can do that. They're a high assist team. They're a smart team. They play together. That's pretty similar to the Warriors. If those things are repeatable, maybe, but nobody on the Suns is going to be able to do what Curry does. Uh my last question for you Brendan, is it more distracting
1: for Devin Booker if Kendall Jenner does attend these games in Phoenix or does not mm.
2: attend these games in Phoenix? Cuz it's a statement either way. It is. I, I wonder if there's an odds odds for that on bet online, over or under half of an there appearance. Uh, but honestly, oh, she's Devin, out at halftime. I can promise you, Devin Booker's <laughs> also been name dropped in a Drake song. I don't know how that factor. Maybe oh. that adds to the distraction, the the limelight of this guy. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> uh, no, I I hope there's as little Kendall Jenner content as possible. <laughs> but you can't rule it out. You can't well, rule. I mean, it out. You, I mean, it could
1: it could upset him. I mean, if she's not there for his his playoff debut, this huge moment. In his career, and you know, she's not far away. Calabasas is not far from Phoenix. I mean, you're go- you're going to question the validity no. of this relationship. You're going to wonder if love will survive.
2: It's it's uh, it's a very Southwest good has wrinkle. very inexpensive
1: fares to Phoenix. Oh, she yeah. can fly. I think private.
2: they have a jet. I would guess they have a jet. <laughs> yes, I, <I'm laughs> she just, hasn't yeah, been just to just a game all you, year,
0: though. If she wants to she be frugal,
1: been. I'm just
2: she has not been to a single game this year. I feel like it would have been news. I've been to many of them. I haven't seen it. Larry Fitzgerald is the only pseudo celebrity who ever shows up at a Suns game. That's because he's a minority owner. I've never seen Kendall Jenner here.
1: I'll say it right now. She's no Chloe. Chloe used to show up at all of LO's games. We've come to the X Factor. We're here.
2: This is what it's going to decide it.
1: Kim used to even go to the the Humphreys games. That was a commitment (laughs) in New Jersey. Those yes, are, it was those, that one. We, we call them the
0: dedicated Kardashians. Um, all right, Brandon Clean, he is the host of Locked on Phoenix Suns on the network here, the Locked On Network. He's also a writer. You can catch his work at uh Bright Side of the Sun. You really should be uh listening to him and reading all the stuff over there. Uh, as uh, if you're a Lakers fan looking to get ready for this series. It should be a lot of fun. We really appreciate you coming on to uh to break it down for us.
2: Thanks, guys. Anytime.